welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. Hello, it's Monica here and welcome back to another episode of Maiden Speech. I was really lucky to have my resident expert, Zareen Sheikhope, come back. And this time we got to talk about compartmentalizing and how to get your head in the game when you've got a certain area of your life that's really falling apart or it's really hard and you've got challenges. How do you then show up in the rest of your life and keep things together? This was an amazing chat. The thing's my favorite podcast I've ever, ever done with her. So many practical tips and really empowering. So if there's something that you're going through right now, this will help you, I promise. Make sure you take action on the tips that she gives. But stay tuned for a great episode. Thank you for being here. Zareen, welcome back, my friend. Hello. It feels like minutes ago that we did our last one, but that went so fast, like a whole month. I know. <laughs> yeah. God, really? A month? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, so yes, we did throw out a question to the internet and ask for topics, which actually, for you guys that are listening, is something we're very interested in. So if there's anything that you want us to cover, flick it through. Um, but the question that we were asked was all around keeping your head in the game when you've got a lot of stuff and how to compartmentalize when things are going on. Um, and this will be awesome. I'm like, I'm ready to take lots of notes. <laughs> the rain's stretched. She's all ready to go. <laughs> Brain exercising. I love it. I can literally mm. see the thoughts buzzing off your head right now. <laughs> It's a hard one, that, because I was thinking about it. I was thinking, wouldn't, isn't it, we all kind of search for the silver bullet answer. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, how can I do this and, and can I do it quickly? Yeah. And I thought about this one and I thought about it. Now, I'm really, really good at compartmentalizing. That's good. But I haven't always been really good at it. Mm. <laughs> and I haven't always done it in a healthy way. Yeah. So maybe I have been good at it. It's just that the way that I used to do it, it, it wasn't a health. It was more like a shutdown. I don't want to deal with it. So yeah. I'll just throw myself into something else. Um, <clears throat> but I think there was something that um, a boss that I had once told me, and I've never for- forgotten it. And I must have been about 19 or 20 when he told me it. And he basically was talking about how when one part of your life is is really like shit when the wheels fall off one part as long as everything else is in order you should be pretty okay Mm -hmm. but when the wheels fall off in all different areas that's when it becomes like super difficult yeah so there's two ways that you can look at that one is it depends how big the one thing is because if it's a huge huge thing then it can just upset the whole apple cart but if it's one kind of small thing and, and you, everything else is like really good. So say you've had an argument with your partner at home, but you go into work and you have a really good work life and you've got really good friends at work and, you know, it's fun and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of easier to, to flick that switch, I guess, in general. Mm-hmm. But if it's a huge, big thing that's happened, then it, it's harder to do that. Um, and I think like... Um, when you're talking about 
what is the easiest way to do that? Well, the, the silver bullet answer is that you focus your, you, you have your focus somewhere else, mm -hmm. right? You completely and utterly focus on that, knowing that in this moment, there's nothing I can do about this other thing. Mm -hmm. So right now, while I'm here, this is what I need to focus on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's the silver bullet answer. <laughs> but in order to get to be able to do that, you have there is like so much that you have to take into account yeah right mm -hmm. so the first thing is our minds focus on um the most important information first mm -hmm. so when something has has gone wrong or something is upsetting us or something is stressing us out obviously to our mind that's going to be the most important thing yeah so it's going to be right there like screaming in your face um, and the second thing is you need to know like where your emotional cup is at and I'll, I'll talk about all this stuff more, but this is just kind of a, like, th this was me working out in my head. How would you, how would you get there? Right. Yeah. So first of all, acknowledging that whatever it is, if it's stressful, if it's upsetting, it's going to be the thing that your mind is going to be focusing on mm -hmm. like a dog with a bone say. Then the second thing is, um, where is my emotional cup at? Because am I reacting to this in a way that's, that I would have reacted to it had, you know, had I felt in a good mood before this happened? Yes. Did I come to the party sad and now this has just made me even sadder? Yeah. Then I, I would like, for me, I would look at, am I catastrophizing this situation? Mm. And I could be catastrophizing it because my cup is full. So I'm making this out to be actually worse than it is because I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with this at a balanced level. Then the next thing I'm going to look at is where am I about to go and what are the likely triggers in, in that place or situation that I'm about to walk into? Mm -hmm. What are the things that normally trigger me in this, in, in this circumstance? Yeah. Because... <laughs> If my emotional cup is full, my mind is like, is focused on this horrible thing that's happened or this bad thing that's happened. And I'm now catastrophizing. I'm going to walk into there and the things that are triggers for me are going to set me into, send me into orbit. Mm -hmm. Right. So my ability to sit there and be present and focus on what I need to be focused on is pretty much not going to be there. Mm. So those were the stages. That's what I was thinking of when I thought about that. And I think about what I, you know, what I do for myself when I know I've got to go perform, I've got to, you know, I've got to go get my head in the game right. and focus on this very specific thing. But there's this big thing that's happened. How on earth am I going to manage to do that? Hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I guess I'm just thinking about the emotional side of it. Like how, cause that sounds great. It's like, yeah, cool. I'll just focus. I'm like, but the emotional stuff. Far out. This is a great topic. <laughs> it's such a bit. It's so, it's so much more like the more I thought about it, the more I thought of how many factors come into play Yeah. when you think about it. And if, if you if you're not aware that there are so many different factors, mm. you can kind of be overwhelmed. 
you yeah. kind of sit there going, I just don't know why I'm feeling like this. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't focus. I can't, you know, yeah. you don't understand. This is so stressful for me. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. You know, but when you take it back and you reflect, you can say, oh, okay, I'm, this is stressful for me because. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also being very aware of that circle of control. Yeah. When I'm sat at work, if I've like, for example, if I've dropped Neve off to school mm-hmm. and we've had a, had a bad morning and I drop her off to school and particularly on the weeks that she goes back to her dad's. So that like the Friday that she goes back to her dad's, if we've had a bad morning, say, you know, she's been tired, I've been tired. She's been incredibly slow, which is, you know, what happens quite a lot with her at the moment. <laughs> Just <laughs> slow to do everything. Yeah. Um, get in the car and you know I've been rushing her I'm, I'm gonna be late or whatever or you're just not paying attention or she's annoyed with me we get in the car we drive along I drop her off and I know that like this is really shit because now she's going back to her dad's for a week and you know we've had this happen in the morning but I now have to get my head in the game because I've got to go to work so I can't think about the fact that I'm not going to see her for another week and you know all that I, I need to be focused here yeah. on work so it is not within my circle of control in that moment to be able to fix anything or to be able to reconcile what I feel I need to reconcile in my brain. Yeah. Because the thing as well is that um, until, until we can resolve something, my understanding and my feeling is that until we can resolve a situation, it will just keep on bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and bouncing around. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you, you hear about when, you try to go to sleep and then all the thoughts come into your head. Yeah. You're lying in bed trying to go to sleep and you can't because now all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking about this thing and that thing and worrying about this and worrying about that. And it's like being able to understand that right now in this moment, I literally cannot do anything about this. But when I'm in a position to be able to do something about this, I will and I'll have a plan. And it's about having that plan. So quite often what I've done, if, if that has happened with me, is on the way driving to wherever I'm going after I've dropped her off, I think about, okay, that was, that was pretty shit. So how am I going to deal with that to rectify it? And I know that she'll be okay once she gets into school. She won't care because she'll be off with her friends because, you know, <laughs> because kids do that. You know, the, the, the mother or the father, the parents are worried about, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And quite often the kids are just like, ah. I don't care and they're off with the friends <laughs> unless it's something major right mm-hmm. um so so one I have to tell myself the truth about that and two I have to I have to work out a plan because if I don't it, it for me it will bounce around in my head yeah and I know that some people are much better at compartmentalizing than than others are mm. um and I, I you know I also am aware you know meditation I've spoken about that before and I know Jess is like you know she is the expert if anyone knows Jess and they want to know how to meditate and be in the present Jess is your person um but meditation helps it helps you trains you to be able to be in in the present now I'm not a consistent meditator at all uh but I I understand the concept of it and I do get it and you know I am I meditate at least once a day and I think, actually, I was talking to Jess a little bit about this on our previous podcast, which is being posted today. Um, Yay. But about how effectively, I mean, meditation actually changes the structure of your brain anyway, which is crazy. Yes. 
But yeah. for me, it's like hitting reset. So if I ever find myself in that like overwhelmed state, I mean, I, I tend to do it at the start of the day, so I don't get to that state, you know? So I'm like, I go into yeah. the day, peaceful, present, calm. But if I do find myself in some sort of situation where it's like, oh, nah, if this kind of thing, I'll um, go and meditate. And it just like brings you back down. And it does that, that thing of focus. It's, it's this, I always geek out and I talk about, um, you know, like movies and stuff. You would not have seen this movie. Why am I even admitting this to you? But there's a, there's a movie called Twilight. <laughs> and Is this about these, the twinkly vampires? Yes, the sparkly vampires. <laughs> and anyway, okay. so in, oh my God, in the sixth. No, a lot of adults have told me that it's good. <laughs> they have. I'm like revealing my geeky side, but there's this moment and I always feel like it sums up how I feel about meditation so well, where Bella becomes a vampire, right? And she wakes up and she, she has this clarity and she starts looking at everything, but she can see everything, like all the detail, like she can see, you know, the drops of dew on leaves and that kind of thing. Mm. And like, and I feel like that's it. And this is what Jess was talking about in our last podcast was about how meditation helps you to, um, how does she put it? Slow down to speed up. Um, yes. And I thought that was such a great way of describing it. Um, Cause it sounds like when you're talking about this, it, it makes me feel like it's really about awareness of your emotional state. That's what Absolutely. our ability to focus and needs to, we need to be able to actually reflect on and then looking at truth as well. Cause when we're aware mm. of how we feel, I guess then we can confront it and say, well, is this actually real? Like if I'm over, if I'm having this massive reaction, is there any basis of truth here or is it because I've had a horrendous week and that's why, and I'm really tired and I'm stressed out. Um, and I think meditation is magical for that. Like it just, it, it helps you see the truth in and amongst all the emotion. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that thing of being being able to um, switch everything off and and just be focused in the present. And I know as well, just even um, like it reduces your base level, yeah. so the level that you're operating at. Because you know, during the day and during the week, we we do get piled with things that um, you know things that come from from outside or within that cause our our emotional cup to fill up and fill up and fill up. And if you're meditating on a consistent basis, you are bringing that baseline like right back down. And so I think it is, it, it is a lot about that. And there's, there's also like, as well as meditation, there's an easy um, exercise that you can do, which is if you're at home and, and things at home are stressing you out and you've got to go into work. Mm -hmm. You can write down before you leave, like write down these are, you know, this is the thing that's stressing me out. So, so write it all down so that you bring it away from the emotional brain into the rational brain. So first of all, do that. And then you can say to yourself, well, I can't deal with this right now, but there will be a way because the other thing as well as you, and I'm, I'm talking specifically about things that may have happened at home right? Because I think that this is quite a, and I know that work is also a big stressor, so we can flip it. But let, let's start with this one, which is quite a common one, which is I've had an argument with my partner or someone in my household mm -hmm. or a friend or, you know, whatever. I've had this argument and I'm going into work and, and it's been bothering you and you haven't slept right and all the rest of it. You know, have a look at what's happened in the past. 
right? Because we will have argued with our partners in the past. We will have argued with our children in the past. We will have argued with friends in the past. We will have done this in the past and it will have been resolved. There will have been some outcome. Now, I'm not talking about when a new situation comes up, like say, for example, a partner has cheated on you or something like that. And that, you know, that's a, that's a really big whole other thing. And I'm going to talk about, I'd like to talk about other things like that as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, because it's not simple and it's different, you know, there are different levels of this, but I'm just talking about at a gen, generally basic level, you know, something that we all experience on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. So you can say, okay, well, my other half or, or my kid or my friend isn't going anywhere, right? They're not, they're not going to disappear off the face of the earth. They're here and we will, we will resolve this. We will sort it out. So what you're doing then is you're bringing it from a disaster 10 down to maybe a disaster seven. Okay. Then you're saying, yeah, we will work it out and I will reflect on it. But right now, um, I'm going to give myself five minutes to think about that. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to go into work and I'm going to do that. And that's where the meditation, that's where the benefits of consistent meditation, I think come into play is because when you're at work and it's popping into your head, which it will, you know, you can then, if you feel that it's getting to a level where it's interfering with your work or it's making you feel emotional that you can then bring it, bring it back down, you know? do that like a minute of the the breathing, the meditation, or just remind yourself, you know, oh yeah, it it will be sorted out Mm -hmm. when when I get home, you know? And if you need to quickly write down something whilst, you know, whilst you're there. Um, And then if we look at it from the flip side about work and um, home, home life, if you've got something like really stressful that's happened in work, and you're worried about it, do you have someone that, that you can talk to about it? But if you do, don't go home and straight away, that's the first thing that you put on them because you don't know what kind of day they've had, right? Do you need to be present? Like Rob and I, we need to be like, like really present when the kids are here because we only have the kids week on, week off, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's really important to be able to say work stays here, family life is here. Mm-hmm. That's a major thing. And that's not something, you know, it's not, none of this is easy, but it's just that whole, like we talked about before, like you said before, it's an awareness of who you are, how you function. Because although I'm like, I'm, I'm very much generalizing it, but it is different. We all have triggers. We all react to different things in different ways, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the way that you can, and also in work as well, like you need to, you need to make sure, am I a person who has good boundaries in work? Do I have healthy boundaries in work? Yeah. You know, because if you're getting stressed out at work because you're taking on too much stuff, that's not yours. You have a voice and you need to use it. Yeah. You know, um, is it because you, you are struggling in with a specific skill set? Can you ask for training on that skill set? Can you be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I really enjoy this work. I really enjoy that part and that part. This one, I feel like I'm struggling a little bit. Is there any training that I could undergo to help me with that? Yeah. Right? So there are all sorts of different things that, that we can be aware of. What if it's a person? What if someone in work is really 
riding you and or you know just generally just pissing you off then you need to look at um that whole thing with communication you need to think about well what's maybe going on for them is this the way they communicate so how do i how do i protect myself from that you know do i need to be taking all of this personally or is this a situation where this person is acting really out of order and i need to go to someone else or is this the someone else that i would normally go to do i need to actually think about getting myself out of this situation and finding a job somewhere else So there's many, you know, there are many, many questions that we can ask. And it is very much about understanding who you are, what your boundaries are, what you're prepared to deal with, where you're prepared to say, yes, I need help with something. Mm -hmm. Um, And and also understanding that in a work situation, as well as in any, any life situation, but if we're speaking specifically about work, at times, you are gonna fuck up big time. Mm-hmm. there's no getting out of that there's no getting out of that there are very few people who go through their whole work career and don't make a big mess of something at some point yeah. and those are the times where you just have to say to yourself I made a mess of this own up to making the mess of it take responsibility for your side of it and do not batter yourself for it you know accept your humanity mm. so there's all, there's all. And like I said before, there are situations where big giant things happen, like really big giant things. And that's, that's a whole different thing. Again, if you're dealing with a death or, um, uh, split up or, you know, a, a big traumatic event or something really major in work, um, then that's the time that you've got to be thinking, you, you've got to understand that. Yes. I will have a reaction to this. Do I need to ask for some time off? Mm-hmm. Do I need to ask, do I need to reach out and get some help with the situation? Because I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, I'm being angry towards everyone. I'm displaying all of these um, emotions and all of these behaviors. Mm-hmm. And this is not like me, or this is an ex- extreme version of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I really do feel like I'm not coping. So I need to be reaching out. I need to not be pushing that down and compartmentalizing that because that's not healthy. So there is, there is a side of compartmentalization that, that is unhealthy and that's when we're doing it to avoid or push, push stuff down. What about when the overwhelm is just too much that people don't really know what to do, you know, and you get into that state of like just panic. Um, Because I'm also curious to ask you about, I honestly have so many questions. I'm like, Oh my God, I just (laughs) can't even write them down fast enough. But what happens to you when you focus on something that's really upsetting to you? For example, let's say something's happened in your personal life and you go to work and stuff like that and you do your best to get on with work, but it's it's in the back of your mind and then you get a phone call during the day which just like triggers you and really upsets you and it's all you can think about and you don't sleep and all that stuff. Like what actually happens when you focus over and over and over again on something that's really hard and get yourself into that state of overwhelm, panic, I don't know what to do. Okay, if you are doing that, Here's the key word in that, you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You are doing that. You, and I know, like, this probably sounds really harsh. And at one point in my life, I would have thought, like, fuck you, that's really harsh. Yeah. 
but to some degree, we do have the choice. We do have the choice. We can, we can wallow in something. We can constantly play it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. When we understand that that is not a healthy choice, yeah. and when we get to understand ourselves a bit better and we do more work and reflection and all that kind of stuff, it becomes easier to notice I'm going down this path mm. and this is not a healthy path. So I need to take myself away from, from that path. But then again, even as, as much as we know and as, as healthy on the inside as we can be, um, we can still get into that state that, that you've just talked about. For me, um, I'm, just, I'm taking myself away from work, mm-hmm. right? I'm not good to anyone. And I'm lucky because, you know, I work, I work my, my own hours. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, I'm having real issue with something, I will go, okay, my head is just not in that game at all in any way, shape or form, because I need to be able to, to do something with, with how I'm feeling here. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that, and it shouldn't really be a problem because we, we hope that we don't get to that point on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. But we hope that if we get to that point and we're working for someone that we can go to them and say, I'm having like a a really awful thing that has happened. I'm really struggling to focus today. And we hope that that person understands that we're all human and that as a, as a boss, you know, we hear a lot now, I think people are becoming more and more aware of that whole um, kind of holistic thing. When you have people who work for you that they're not just machines they're not just robots like they're people with lives and that to for them to be the most productive you know you need to to acknowledge that they're human beings and that they do go through you know shit at times in their lives so you hope that the person you know you hope that your your bonds and work are strong enough and that you've been able to show that you are uh, you know, that the person that you work for, you give when you get to work, you know, you do your job, you're good at your job enough for them to trust you to say, look, you really need to have a, have a day off or, you know, take a couple of days off. Yeah. You know, if it's getting to that point a lot and it's the same thing, you need to reach out and get help. Yeah. You, because sometimes we need someone else from the outside, the complete outside, not your friends, not your family, but you need someone, a third party to be able to step in. And this isn't about you being weak. This is about you being strong enough to say, I'm really not coping with this. And this person can then come in and empower you. They're not going to fix your problems. Mm. People don't fix your problems. People give you insight and you eventually get there yourself. Yeah. And most things eventually resolve themselves one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. So is that helpful? Yes, it is. Yeah. Very, very helpful. So I think what would be even more helpful is if we actually break this down to a super practical thing. So I agree. Yeah. I think that not everyone necessarily has tools, like they don't have a default where they um oh my gosh, sorry, just turned on. 
I, what a creep. <laughs> um, but not everyone has tools, you know, like for me, if I, if I notice stuff's coming up, my instant is meditate or journal um, mm. music, which, oh my God, fun fact. So I didn't realize when you were talking about journal and the emotional brain, I mm. love journaling because it absolutely, I can feel my stress leap. I can feel the clarity. Yeah. That's why, right? Because I'm out mm -hmm. of my emotional brain and I'm looking at facts and I can be, oh, that makes total sense that I can actually look at things as they are as opposed to the reaction that I'm Switches in. on a different part of your brain. Like yeah. the, the chances are if you're going through emotion, your emotional brain will win over your rational brain. Emotional brain is like incredibly powerful. Yeah. You start writing and stuff, you are switching on a different part of your brain to do the writing. And there's something in that, that you know, there's that, that switch that happens. And that's why journaling is so effective. Yeah. Or writing shit down is so effective. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, I think if we actually look at an example of... Yeah, what can you actually do? Yeah, how can you help yourself yeah. in that moment? Um, where, yeah, let's say you yeah. find yourself at work. You've got, let's say you're self-employed. You find yourself at work really yes. overwhelmed and stressed out and with all the stuff that comes with that which is not sleeping and all that not looking after yourself that well all that sort of thing um you you're absolutely overwhelmed like you don't actually know where to start or what to do and there are a lot of things that are out of your control at this point so it's not like you can just fix it in the moment what do you do <laughs> what do you do wow Drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Buy all the wine. No. Okay. So first of all, you need to get some perspective. Yeah. That's the first thing that you need to do. And how do you get perspective when you have no perspective? Yeah. When you're drowning. Mm -hmm. You need to take a minute. And I think the first the, like practically the first thing is take a take a breath. Yeah. So if you don't meditate and you don't know how how to meditate i strongly suggest that if you are a business owner that you check out gesture and that you learn about the benefits of meditation and you learn how to, to meditate but you know in we today's world there are apps there are breathing apps i have a fitbit and my fitbit has this thing i just press it's called relax and then it, it i have to breathe in with a circle mm -hmm. and breathe out with a little circle right so we have we have all this technology YouTube guided will have, pardon? YouTube has heaps of guided meditations, yeah, which yeah. are awesome yeah. as well to start off. Well, business owners will have all of these things. Um, I, some will have the Apple watches. Um, you know, so you first, first of all, you need to just take a breath. That's the first thing that you can do. Take a breath. And then you need to try and, and think to yourself of a time where you felt overwhelmed like this before mm -hmm. and think I got through it mm -hmm. okay if you haven't been overwhelmed like this before you just have to kind of suck it up and go this is the absolute shit mm -hmm. I cannot stay here I need I need to do something mm -hmm. okay um then you I would write down I really would honestly I would grab a piece of paper or your remarkable or your tablet or your phone or whatever it is that you write on mm -hmm. I would write down once you've taken a breath and stopped that you know <laughs> yeah. crying yeah yeah um, yeah write write down all of the things that are causing you to feel upset 
So can you throw me out a few examples of what that might be? Um, oh, good question. Okay, let's start with something um, simple. Let's say money, massive yes. money stress, debt, um, fear around money, I think is a very, is a very common one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you're worrying about money, so I'm, I take it, um, I'm assuming you mean, right. Okay. You've got bills to pay and your business isn't doing that well. Yep. Let's go with that. Or okay. you, you've had like an unexpected thing come up and you actually don't know how you're going to pay for anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> how am I going to pay for it? Just don't pay for it. No, um, <laughs> I think then what, what you have to do is you have to look at, uh, right, okay. Again, this all depends on situation, but if it's, a, if it's an instant kind of thing, you have to look at, okay, what have I got projected for the next, for the next month, say? Mm-hmm. Where can I cut back? Okay, so if I don't do this and if I pull out of that and if I grab this, okay, this is how I get the money. So that's your, that's your band-aid. That's your emergency. Number one emergency. I just need to now not go out for coffee, not go out for lunch, cancel this lunch. You just have to, right? Because you need to find the money. Um, so that's like a short term solution. Then you need to to say to yourself, I'm not going to get myself into this situation again. Mm -hmm. So I am, I am going to have to sit down and and really like budget because the chances are if you've got yourself into that position you haven't been budgeting you haven't been aware of your outgoings your incomings and your outgoings mm-hmm. so if you're part of a network if you've got friends in business you know reach out and talk to them for the long term about like what am i going to do to change this look at any savings or anything that you have and find out your worst case scenario um, ask yourself, should I go, can I go, is there a way that I can go and contract for, for someone for X amount of months or for X amount of hours a week, mm-hmm. just until I get myself back into, you know, a financial shape that I need to be in. Yeah. And that's a really tough one because every hour that you take away from your business mm-hmm. to earn money, you are taking away the potential to earn the money within your business. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that, that's a really hard one. However, if you are that much in dire straits, that might be what you need to do. Yeah. You know, if you've got yourself into a situation where you're about to lose your house and things like that, that is a, that's a massive worry. And that's when you need to call in people to help. You need to go to the bank. You need to, you need to think about the fact that actually I may have to put my business on the back burner for X amount of time and I may have to actually get myself back into the workforce and I may have to do that for this amount of time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which doesn't sound very um, empowering as a business owner, but if you're in that much of a dire strait, then putting everything on hold for six months is not the end of the world compared to you about to lose the roof over your head. Yeah. Right. So you've got to weigh up and and look at how dire your situation is. Yep. If it's just that you're having a, a tough time at the moment and you've maybe maybe overspent and you shouldn't have, you know, that's just like find ways to bring to to get that money and then 
sort yourself out so it doesn't happen again or that you safeguard if it does happen again you've got something in reserve for Mm -hmm. that yeah because there's always going to be a way yeah yeah okay scenario b (laughs) let's say you're going through a breakup like a long-term relationship is breaking up and you've got all that fun stuff like kids you know um legal stuff assets family, guilt, shame, all that kind of stuff, that scenario. Yeah, that's, that's a, man, that's a really hard one. Um, I've been there myself when I was working part-time studying daughter and I, you know, and I went through that, that whole transition and it is, it is hard and it also depends on how that breakup has happened. Mm-hmm. For me personally, um, it was a very mutual thing and it was a very respectful thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the stress of, oh my goodness, you know, my marriage has fallen apart and I don't want it to, mm-hmm. right? It was kind of like, this is the best way forward. Um, but even at that, it was highly stressful. And that's when you really do need to be very, very aware of trying to keep yourself, like trying to look after yourself. So are you talking about if you're a business owner and you're going through this? Yep. And if not as well, I think it's something that lots of people go through. But I think for this particular scenario, I'm more interested when it's one-sided. So let's say it wasn't mutual. Let's say you're the one that decided that it wasn't like you were the one that actually called it as it is, but the other person is throwing a lot of resistance. And then there's a lot of, um, yeah, really toxic, awful stuff being thrown at you on top of trying to look after your kids and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Then you have to go for the self-preservation. You have to be strong in, in your decision, because if you really know that that's what you want and, and that's what you need to do, you have to be respectful you have to understand that other people are going to are going to react in the way that they're going to react and and the one thing that you can never do is expect anyone to treat you the way that you treat them okay mm. that's just not you know that's not it's an expectation that we have yep. but it's an expectation that causes a lot of pain mm-hmm. and a lot of anger and a lot of confusion yep. so nip that in the bud straight away and understand that people will go through and just because someone is is acting in a certain way that doesn't make them a bad person yeah okay so they may be acting like that because they're hurt they are confused they are overwhelmed they have all these feelings as well and it's a real high you know that whole thing of a breakup is a very intense it's a very intense situation it's even more intense when you have kids involved so the thing to be aware of is how much, how much of your life is actually going to change. So for me, it was a case of um, like now pretty much a lot is going to change because I'm going to have to get like um, a different job now. So I'm going to have to change my, my line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to change where I live, you know? So there were, there were a lot of things that then were going to change, but there were some things that remained constant. And it was very important for me to really rely on those things that were constant. Yeah. So um, the friends who I would meet up with and maybe go walking with or, you know, go out for dinner with or meet up for a coffee, whatever, that was a constant and that was a constant that I held onto. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. going and doing exercise at the gym that wasn't going to change so that was a constant for me Mm -hmm. um and you know as far as my daughter was concerned then obviously now I was doing like a a share kind of thing with her Mm -hmm. but the time when I had her it was still important to do the constant things that I did with her so and that's just for me I don't know how how it worked like everyone is so different and everyone deals with things in a different way but it's important to to realize that you existed and you were okay existing before that person was in your life mm-hmm. you will be okay afterwards mm-hmm. and that what you're going to have to do is adapt mm-hmm. now one of the greatest um, I'm halfway through a podcast <laughs> I'm going by sorry Matthew can we cut that bit out please (laughs) one of the greatest things that we can do is um is increase our ability to adapt Mm -hmm. that's like a huge emotional resilience skill to have in your tool set there the more flexible and the more you are able to adapt the easier the transition will be Mm -hmm. So you've got to, what you've got to do as well, you've got to have good boundaries. So you were saying about other people are being toxic. You know, you're going through this breakup and now all of a sudden you've got people's toxicity coming at you. No, you have to say, not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's, that's one thing that you need to do there. You need to set good boundaries with people. You need to find um, your good friends. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And I've heard this said so many times, the people that you realize are your friends when you go through a breakup. You don't realize until you go through a breakup, just, yeah. you know, where you sit or, where, or when you go through anything big, you know, that's when you, you realize this is, you know, this is what I've heard. This is what I've experienced. You realize the people that are there and the people that, you know, are not so much. So, um, so boundaries are, are are like extremely important circle of control understanding what the circle of control is right mm-hmm. so for anyone who's listening who who's not quite sure about that concept the circle of control is basically when you you have like um you have two circles one is a small is one small circle and then around there is a bigger circle now in this small circle are all the things that you can control and in this bigger circle are the things that you can't So if you are struggling around this area, draw on a piece of paper, a circle and then a bigger circle around it. Mm -hmm. Inside that that small circle, write down all the things that you directly have control over. Mm -hmm. And then write down in that outer circle the things that you don't. Mm -hmm. Because the things that are in that outside circle that you don't have, you have to learn to let go or be more flexible with those things. Yeah. The things that are inside your circle of control, these are the things that you need to to have focus on. And you need to eat healthy. You you need to not drown yourself in wine and, you know, stop eating and, you know, staying up till two o'clock in the morning watching stuff. You know what? We're all human and maybe you should do that for a day or two, but then you really need to start taking care of your physical body because that's really important without um, taking care of our physical body, it's really hard for us to get a peg on the emotional side of stuff. Mm. And, you know, I think finding places where it 
it fills you with a good feeling like um you know like under the tree in the garden um <laughs> or a walk on the beach or you know a walk with the dog all those kind of things put inject those into your life yeah and when it comes to work when it comes to work you if you are not working for someone that you can pull to the side and say my marriage is is um, breaking up and i'm not really in a good space about it or you know if you can't go there and you cannot have a, a boss who is compassionate but you also go there with the thing of you know i i want to to do the best that i can do in my job i don't want to let it interfere much with my job and you come up with a plan with that person if you are not working in a job where you can do that with your boss then you need to get the fuck out yeah okay there are too many people who are working in environments where they don't have that kind of support when they need it who are damn good employees who are doing a damn good job you know who don't take the piss and if you're one of those and you can't have that conversation that you know that's really awful but obviously don't leave while you're going through all of this stuff yeah, <laughs> i'm just like, talking about now <laughs> you know i'm just talking about in general sorry i should have clarified that <laughs> sorry that's just my feeling in general about when when you're working somewhere yeah. um but yeah you just you have to be able to find you have to understand that you still have a responsibility if you're working, you still have the responsibility. So you cannot let the wheels fall off completely. And if you feel like you could be in that zone, then get a counselor, get, speak to a psychologist, you know, surround yourself by, by, by strong groups, friends, gym, all of those things that will help your mental health. You, you need to take responsibility for that. Mm. Because things, um, things can happen, things can happen to us, but it's how we deal with them that, you know, that is, that will determine what happens and how far the wheels fall off. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Drop is that off. helpful? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. My brain is just like, I don't know. It's, do you know what I'm going to say? It's so much easier for me to sit here and say this. It really is. But I, I also like, I have had days literally where I, I've not wanted to get out of bed days where I felt like, what have I done with my life days where I felt like I'm such a, a shit mom and how could I put my daughter through this? And, you know, I've had those days and I will continue to have days where, you know, things will floor me and I'll feel you know, I'll throw myself a pity party and I'll feel overwhelmed. And that's just part of, that's just part of life. Yeah. This is part of life. But the only thing we can do is try and arm ourselves to be as emotionally resilient as we possibly can be, you know, to be forgiving of others, to understand who we are, to be forgiving of ourselves, mm. to set good, healthy boundaries, to know when we're at our emotional limit and do something to reduce our emotional level being up here, inject things that help make us feel calm, things that help fill our cup with the good emotions and healthy emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. 
especially when these things happen. And that's not, you can't just wait until a big shitty thing happens and then go, oh, well, now I'm going to try all this stuff. Yeah. You need to be doing all this stuff. You need to be doing all this work, even when you're your best you. Yeah. Because life is not fair and life is not a bundle of roses. Life is uh, made up of moments, moments of awesomeness and moments of fun and moments of laughter and moments of quality. It's also felt moments of shit, you know, and that's, that's what we need to understand, I think. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I went a bit deep there. No, it's good. It's good. I, um, I think what it sounds like anyway, is it's really about taking full ownership. It's like taking your power back as well. And remembering that, and, and again, because I'm, you know, you know what I'm like with self-worth, but I'm just thinking when you're talking about, you know, toxic people and setting boundaries and that kind of thing, what, and I'm mindful of the time, because this could easily go for another hour, especially when I ask you this question. <laughs> I, will, I will keep it as brief as I can. <laughs> I'm giving us seven minutes. Um, what is the role of self-worth though? Because, you know, when you've been beaten down and things are really hard and lots of people are coming at you, how much harder is it to then start standing up for yourself and prioritizing yourself and setting boundaries and looking after yourself when you feel like crap? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's hard because that's when you're at risk of really falling down the rabbit hole. You know, when you just feel like I literally can't take any more and then someone gives you more. Well, if you take it, you're taking it. So then you have to really set a boundary with yourself mm -hmm. and you have to say to yourself, I don't feel like I have anything left, but if I do not pull my socks up, if I do not say to that person or one more person, no, actually, no. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, you risk falling down the rabbit hole. If you've really literally got to that point and you can't, you know, we're, we're not all like, um, we didn't come out of the womb knowing how to be emotionally resilient. You know, we learn from experience. So we have to, to try and pull on, on previous experience of things that have happened. If we felt ourselves in these kind of situations before, it might not be the same, but it might be similar. Then, you know, no, I can get myself out of this. I can you got yourself into it, you can get yourself out of it. That's kind of what you have to tell you. You have to give yourself a good shake. Think about if this was your friend or your sister or your brother or your kid, you know, think about what would you say to them? And it's hard. It's, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's not easy. It's far easier. The easiest route is to sit in bed and feel sorry for yourself and play the victim. But at some point, you have to just realize that there's nobody coming in on a big, white, shiny horse to save me from myself. Mm. I have to do the work. I have to get up. Even if I don't feel like it, I have to get up. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have to learn. And if you don't know how to set the boundaries and you don't know how to do any of that, speak to somebody who knows how to help you do that. Mm. No, or read a book and speak to someone. Mm -hmm. but you have to do something yeah 
yeah and tell yourself it's got it will get better right honestly monica writing that stuff down writing that stuff down is the best place to start because you don't need anyone else to help you to do that all you need is a pen and a bit of paper and then you can just write it down. And when you can see it with clarity, you can start to empower. That's what it is. It's about empowering yourself. Yes. That's what I feel like it sounds yeah. like. It is taking your car back and remembering that we have the choice to feel and to respond however we want. It's actually not mm. about what anyone else is doing. But it can be when you mm. are in that state, it's so easy to just see, yes. what, look at what's going on and then just re like react to it and forget that actually you don't have to. <laughs> yes yes and it's not that you won't have feelings about it you will have feelings about it it's what you choose to do with those feelings that's what's the important thing yeah. by all means feel if you don't feel you're not normal so feel it but choose what to do with it choose to go no actually no i i need to i need to not handle it this way because this way is not working for me so what other way can i try mm. Yeah. Um, and I love to that point you made about remembering that it's not here forever. <laughs> like these things all yes. pass because I think that's such a, such a thing when you are, and I mean, I'm speaking from experience here, yeah, you know, when I've had this, the same days as you and you can't get out of bed and you're just like, Oh my God, my life is over. Um, you know, strike me yep. down now kind of thing. What's the point? Yep. Like all those horrible, horrible thoughts. Um, it is so easy to feel like, it's never going to end and that this is your life. And then because you focus on it more and you feel more and it just like snowballs into this massive thing. And I know, I know I've noticed for me, you know, over time that usually what happens is that if I have a day where I'm feeling really down like that, the next day is always the best day. Like if yeah. I actually allow, if I, but if I can allow myself to feel things, but to keep perspective and remember that even though I feel like absolute shite right now, it's not, it's not permanent. And yes. I know from, because of this has happened so many times before that the next day is always good. And then I just allow myself to process things, to feel things, to release them. And then, but remember that it's not the end of the world. It's just a day that's not very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you put your hand on, on a hot pot on, on the stove, you're not going to keep it there, right? You're, you're going you're gonna to move your hand away. Mm -hmm. So if you're choosing to keep your hand on the pot, then you need to find someone that's going to help you or something that's going to help you to move your hand away from the pot. And that's when, it, when it's a real unhealthy thing. That's when you really need someone, someone's help. You need the step in. But usually what we find is you'll touch the pot, you'll get burnt, it'll really hurt for a while and it will pass. It will pass. I tell that to my daughter you know, as well, when she's got stuff and she talks to me and I'm like, you know what, Nate, it will pass. Mm. No, it, it will pass. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes crying, getting to that point where you cry and cry and cry is a good point because like you said, you feel better the next day. Yeah. You hit that kind of rock bottom and then you pick yourself up. Yeah. And the more that you do it and the more you experience life and the more that you feel and the more that you accept that life is shite sometimes, but that, you know, it's also good. The more that, that you, you allow that to come in and be in your brain, the quicker you'll pick yourself up next time. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, I think we should leave it for there today because we're going to have, <laughs> otherwise we'll just talk for 
a whole day, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe we could offer that mm. at some point in a full day podcast. Imagine how many of the world's problems we could solve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much. This, I think, was by far the most, my favourite podcast that we've done. My um, brain is oh. buzzing over. It's, um, I think it's really cool. It's a huge topic. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But I think it's so important. And also to have the, those practical things um, and to take ownership and to take your power back and take responsibility for our role and everything. It, it gives you yeah. something to do instead of just waiting for what someone else is going to do and then choosing, you know, and then reacting. I think it's, um, yeah, really empowering. So, yeah, this was awesome. Change won't, change won't happen unless you make it happen, Yeah, you know? It's not going to, it just doesn't happen by itself. It's not magic. Yeah. Unless you're Harry Potter and you have a wand. <laughs> true. <laughs> but even yeah. Harry Potter can throw some serious crap. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And it all passed. Yeah. It did pass. Yeah. Even with magic. Oh, yeah. Wow. That right. was okay. Thank you so much, my friend. And I'll have Thank you back on. I'll see you for our next podcast in a month or so. Indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you later.